what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. A. I. Absolute Ignorance. With John Reeb. That's me, but I'm not alone. As always, I am joined by uh, the very, very uh, talented the Alan Jackson. Oh, that's me. Hey. Uh, see, and Coble Hartman, uh, Hartman, sorry, Gen Z whiz kid. We're uh, we're in the um, VR room once again, yes. and uh, we've gotten better at it. Uh, I'm now in a comfortable position at my desk. Coble's to my right. Alan is across the desk, and we're good to go. How you doing, boys? Pretty good, pretty good. Pretty good, pretty good. Hope what did you guys, guys think are? of the last episode? I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I wonder what we pay a month for this place. I think that might be a, a you, John. I don't know who, who really leases this place out, but uh, I like it a lot. Does it cost real money? I, no. I don't know if it, okay. no, no. <laughs> sure if there if uh, mean, it's a Alan nice, somehow like, added this. <laughs> oh no, it's just a very nice beachfront location, yeah. like Greece. Maybe we're looking like I don't know. Yeah. It's very nice. So if you're just listening to this podcast, check us out on YouTube. It's on my YouTube page, channel, yep. and you can see the virtual reality that we've created, um, yes. and it's pretty cool. So. Um, yeah, uh, let's talk about artificial intelligence. A couple. Well, first of all, yes. uh, today's date, as we're speaking, I'm not sure when this is coming out. It's December the seventh, mm-hmm. Thursday. So mm-hmm. happy Hanukkah, boys! That oh, is you. that is the, is it the start of Hanukkah? <laughs> Today is the very first day of Hanukkah. First day. Okay. Yeah, cool. and I, you know, I, I like to go on Twitter and see what's trending, and that popped up. That's it. You uh, know, uh, so in. In keeping with our artificial intelligence and absolute ignorance, I thought, well, what if I asked AI to write a stand-up comedy routine in the style mm-hmm. of John Reap about celebrating Hanukkah in Hickory? Okay. Ooh. I like it. I like it. <laughs> you going to read that for us? I can if I can figure out how to get back to my uh, computer here. I was in the pass-through mode. Let's see here. How do I get out desktop? Okay. Now, if I go to my computer. Aha! Laptop, can you? No, okay. no. But I, I can when I edit this. <laughs> so, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell if you're joking or not. All right, <laughs> yeah, able to see it. Oh, gotcha. Hey, everybody, great to be here. So, I'm from Hickory, North Carolina. Let me tell you, celebrating Hanukkah in Hickory is like trying to find a matzo ball in a pot of grits. It's rare, but when you find it, it's a pleasure, pleasant surprise. Now, in Hickory, we're more familiar with NASCAR than Maccabees. Do you guys know what Maccabees I've, is? I've never heard of Maccabees. What a Mac- it must be like a famous Jewish deli or something. Or, or, or. I don't. Um, I told my buddy I was going to a Hanukkah celebration stock car race. Mm-hmm. I said, yeah, man, for eight crazy nights, the winner gets a lifetime supply. Okay, so it's trying to... Com- uh, <laughs> Than the Maccabees. Okay. I wonder if they can you, own can you repeat back the, the joke yeah. you was, try, was trying to pull? Now in Hickory, we're more familiar with NASCAR than the Maccabees. So that's okay. a family. Okay. So it's like a family of Jews who organize a successful rebellion against the ruler Antioch. <laughs> okay. So Jewish people uh, must be familiar with the Maccabees. It must be like a famous Jewish family that yeah, everyone we, we in Hickory are not. 
is what he's trying to say. Yeah, we don't know about the Mac. We don't know. Apparently not in actuality either, because none of us And I feel really bad about this, but the only Maccabees, I I immediately thought of a restaurant in Boone, but I think it's actually Mikado's. It's not Maccabees, it's Mikado's. Mikado's. That's where my brain went. I thought of Applebee's. Yeah, it's like Mikado's and Applebee's blended together made. Yeah. Maccabees. <laughs> right. All right. Uh, the first I'll – I'll keep going here. The first time I got invited to a Hanukkah celebration here, I was like a deer in headlights. They said, John, you got to light the menorah. I'm standing there with a Zippo lighter looking for the wick on this thing like I'm trying to hotwire a tractor. Okay. <laughs> That's pretty, pretty good. good. That's all right. Um, now, I want to say that when I uh, bought my condo in Los Angeles – Mm-hmm. When I first got it, um, this la- I was moving in, and this lady who worked uh, it, it, with the uh, condo association, she was like, you know, head of the HOA or whatever. She saw me moving in, and she came over, and just started chatting me up. Noticed I was getting rid of some stuff, and she's like, "Oh!" And she noticed a thing that was right outside my front door. It was on the side of my door. It's called a mezuzah. Have you guys heard of this? No, okay. So she saw the mezuzah. I never. I didn't even notice it was there. I didn't know what it was. And she goes, "Oh!" She saw it, and she looked at me. She goes, "Oh, you're you're Jewish." I was Mm. like, "What?" I said, "Um, "No, no." She goes, "Oh, you have the mezuzah." I'm like, "The what?" And she pointed out to me, like, "Oh, that's a it's a Jewish thing." I'm like, "Oh, well, that was here when I bought the place." And then she immediately started unscrewing it from my door. Oh my god! <laughs> like, well, you're not allowed to have this. So I'm gonna go. Ahead oh, so and take it. you not being Jewish, you're not to have that at all. I'm not allowed to have a mezuzah. It was Did almost ever... insulting to her. Yeah. that you yeah. had it not being Jewish. I think she was um, disappointed as soon mm-hmm. as I said I wasn't Jewish. You know, like, oh, that's kind of sad. And then also, like, you're not you're not one of the chosen people, so you're you can't not one of these. Right. <laughs> that's what it is. You can't have this I'm really surprised um, by that because John, everything. Looks like screams Jewish and, and voice. It does scream <laughs> yeah. Jewish. I'm surprised. I was, yeah, I'm when we first met, that. I was like, "Where's the yarmulke on your?" Like, <laughs> <I'm> really <laughs> Isn't that a type of motorcycle? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't you have a yarmulke? Yeah, that, that was my first motorcycle. Was a yarmulke. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Alan, can you look up mezuzah and see what that is? Since yep. you have the, um, what is? I want again? you guys to see what it is. What I'm talking about. Speaking my of zoo. Zuh. I like the, I like the Jewish. Ah, here look. we go. The mouth is very funny. We say mezuzah. Mezuzah. There it is. <laughs> um, okay, here it is. Go ahead. I'll let you read it, Alan. I can't keep up with your. Yeah, sorry. I'm uh, your mouse. I'm going a little nuts here. That's what she said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A <laughs> uh, piece of parchment inscribed with a specific Hebrew verse from the Torah. Yeah. Oh. So is that what it looks like over there in the picture? Yeah, it's just a little. That, that's one. There's many types. Okay. It's just a like a like a half of a cylinder type thing that you can put on the front of your house. Hmm. It goes like like at, at the on a doorway or something. Is so there actually a piece of paper inside of it? Uh, I don't know. I never got the chance to look inside. Because it says uh, it says it's a piece of parchment inscribed with a verse. Uh, they affixed to the doorpost of their homes. Right. Um, so that's the, c- the container. 
See, it says the oh. mezuzah parchment is inside a red decorative case. So it's like a scroll. It's like a scroll in a little box. Oh, well, the one that was there, see how it looks to me like it's not a full cylinder. It's like half of a cylinder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like one side of it's flat and the other one kind of like is circular, I guess, or smooth. Uh, that's what it was. Yeah. So there's another one. That's a modern day mezuzah. There's that many looks, different that, kinds. That's too modern looking. I don't yeah, like that. I don't like yeah. that one. Oh, that oh, one's yeah. cool. That's pretty neat. Um, oh, okay. so this, this kind of thing is fixed to the door. It's supposed to hold a piece of parchment. I never and, saw it in a paper. I think yeah. that must have been the very first. Well, if she took it down, then she took the paper with her. She did. Hmm. Maybe it was a special note for me from the previous owner that I'll never get to know about. I don't know. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. It's much, much cooler stuff than we had in religion growing up. I like all these artifacts and history yeah. and all that. You know? Yeah. Well, happy Hanukkah, boys. Yes. Oh, you. yeah. You want to hear one more uh, verse before we, we move on? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, because this thing wrote yeah. like four or five different paragraphs. Yeah, yeah typical. All right. Um, then there's the dreidel game. I'm used to poker nights, not spinning a top for chocolate coins. I'm there spinning this thing like I'm trying to win the lottery. My buddy asks, John, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm going all in. I'm betting the farm on the game. Gimmel. <laughs> I didn't see the L. Okay, Gimmel. Gimmel? Yeah, there's a lot. I don't know. We have, <laughs> we have a lot, yeah. what, you, what is a Gimmel? Most of this episode is John just reading <laughs> things that we're unfamiliar with. But honestly, celebrating Hanukkah and Hickory taught me a lot. It's about coming together, sharing traditions, and yeah, maybe learning how to make latke, latke <laughs> without setting off the smoke alarm. <laughs> Happy Hanukkah, y'all. And remember, whether it's a menorah or a moonshine still, as long as it lights up, it's festive in hickory. There you go. Hey, Kobo, uh, when you uh, edit Gimble. this video together, please don't show me not knowing how to smell, spell. I've ever seen. What was that that you accidentally looked up? It, it went into like some a drug? Sort of medication. Oh, I missed yeah. it. Uh, John, how do you spell Gimel? Yeah. Is it a G- G-I-M-E-L. Yeah, uh, E-L. He, he spelled it. He yeah. said it "gaim" or and then he and then he. Well, I said "gaim" because I didn't see the "l" because it was right next to the apostrophe and it looked exactly the same. Oh uh, yeah. Okay. So the gimel is aha. It's a character. Oh. So what was it? One of the seven engine? letters that receive special crowns. Um. Oh, it's hmm. it's one of the symbols on the um. Yeah, oh, so when you spin, when you're spinning the dreidel, there's different symbols on it, and I guess yeah. it lands on something. I don't know. And I was saying that my, uh, I, I'm going all in, like I'm betting the farm on Gimel. Oh, so that's like an outcome if you were to spin right. the dreidel, like you're playing a dice game or something. Yeah. On Gimel, yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good for people who know it. That that's probably pretty funny. <laughs> right, right, yeah. right, right. All right, let's move on, guys. What what's world in the new of artificial intelligence? Um, so I know we wanted to bring up a story. Yeah, yeah. Because we're all about hitting the the topics of the day, right? Yeah. Um. Yes, and I uh, I did see this. 
you know, full disclosure, we talked before we started recording. And quantum <laughs> computers? Is yes. that what we're going to talk about? We're yes. going to talk about quantum computers. Pretty exciting stuff. I've been I've been studying quantum computers for a while. Uh, since of course they, you have. They've, since they made I mean, the news. Uh, the well, how long has that been? <laughs> oh, geez. I mean, honestly, probably like five, six years. A little less. So you've been that. holding out on us, Cobble, this whole time? You could have been talking about... Quantum computers with me and Alan, and you're just now bringing it up. How I know. Well, you? you're right. It's a common conversational starter that I use on a lot of people. Um, <laughs> it's how I get most of my dates, actually. Cobra is <laughs> super popular when he breaks open the quantum. Yeah, quantum people love me at parties because I just bring like it's like handouts, but it's all about mm-hmm. quantum computers. Uh, so everybody's but, sitting around at a party. They're all just kind of lame. Cobra yeah. walks in. Everybody gets excited. It's like, oh, <sighs> finally. Somebody's yeah. going to bring a really interesting topic for discussion. I saw this on 60 Minutes. And by the way, if you're not watching 60 Minutes, you got to make this part of your life. I mean, They've been coming out with some bangers recently. I'm not I love 60 Minutes. Stuff. It makes me yeah. feel like a real civilized adult who's a part of uh, society. Oh, I thought you were going to say <laughs> civilized old person. Is right. Civilized you know. old man. I'm sipping on scotch. In a small glass with two ice cubes and my robe at the fireplace going, possibly a cigar. And this is how I wind down on a Sunday night. Nice. And quantum computers. Yeah. And then I learn about things and I get nervous. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then you start with the cigar. It's, it's what you, it's what you <laughs> and then I just quickly switch it to football. <laughs> get it out of my head. Football does not yeah. scare me. Guys, Unless you're watching the Panthers, other. then it's uh, this. Game, so. <laughs> By the way, they need to use quantum computing to figure out how to win. Yeah. I think they could just use any computer, really, to try to help <laughs> figure out something. So, so uh, Cobble, break, break down for the, you know, not me, obviously, but the other break people it. who don't know <laughs> yeah. what this is, quantum computing, what it means. Right. Uh, right. In a nutshell. Right, because I learned I learned actually everything I know from you, so I'll just reiterate what you've told <laughs> yeah, over, thank the, you. over the past yeah. years. So quantum computers are pretty special uh, relative to normal computers. So if we look at a normal computer, they're built off binary text, right? Zero and ones, right? Ones and zeros. And that can get pretty pretty slow. So like uh, quantum computers run off qubits instead of binary code. Oh, I used to play that video game. Oh, oh, sorry. The little first came out. The yep. little orange guy that kind of uh, hopped Bounces up Bounces on the pyramid yeah, type thing. Bleep, bleep. And then you get on that little disc to get away from it. It takes you back up to the top. Yep, oh, I was good man. at that I game. miss Qbert. Yeah. I'm going to have yeah. to look that up now. So, yeah. so it's Pretty not spelled the same. So, yeah, quantum computers are made of little orange guys. And um, <laughs> so the best example, and it might show this in this, I'm not sure, is if you look at a maze, a picture of a maze, a normal computer – if you tell a computer, okay, find how to make it through this maze, it'll go, okay, here's one way, here's one way, here's one way, here's one way. It, all in order, right? It one at a time. One at a time, exactly. A quantum computer will do them all at the exact same time. Um, so definitely so, a lot faster. Uh, let me ask you this. Um, we're just now getting, according to the 60 Minutes um, piece, we're just yeah. now getting to, to where – we can have computers use quantum uh, physics or computation as opposed to digital ones and zeros. We're just now getting there. Um, we're getting there in a consumer way. Uh, companies oh, like like IBM has had one for a while, and I think a couple guys at MIT just came out with a new one um, because it all it is all about uh, s- like slowly moving electrons a certain way and different things like that. A lot of a lot, it is very yeah. Um, like yeah, it's it's very physics based. 
So it's just basically everything that you can do on a computer now. Imagine being able to do the same thing, but like what millions of times faster or more efficiently. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's crazy. And, but it is very consumer unfriendly because they're huge, especially because you've got to keep them so cold. You got to keep them. I can't remember the exact degrees, but it's, it's almost like absolute zero. It's, it's freezing. Right. Yeah. I remember in the story of them saying it's going to be like close to sub zero. Exactly. Which made me think of, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and the Batman with George Clooney. Wasn't he, uh, he was uh, I, Mr. Uh, Freeze. Mr. Freeze, that's right. Mr. Freeze, okay. <laughs> I just imagine him coming into like a huge computer lab going, it's not cold enough in here. The cubits are going to melt. And it's just like I just trying to save cubits. all the cubits. Yeah. <laughs> we, we must save the cubits. <laughs> We've got to save the cubits. <laughs> and he's just hosing him down with his little ice machine. Um, no, but so you're saying uh, – yeah, we use transistors now yep. in computers, and that just does ones and zeros. So imagine instead of transistors, now we have qubits, which is what? The shape of a cube? And that's why they're calling it a cube bit? Uh, something like that, yeah. It's like uh, okay. three-dimensional, yeah. And then in that, I don't know, how is it able to do all of that (laughs) how does it do just because it's it's a cube (laughs) i need you to go to a panel full of just like yeah break that down (laughs) that part start from the top and just explain yeah no i don't i even when i watch this 60 minute story you'll see in the beginning of it I i guess we could play some of it right alan we'll play a little bit of it and then we'll yeah because then you'll i laughed a little bit at this guy and i love this dude but even he, him trying to explain it, he's like, we're, there's no way we're going to be able. But we'll try. Well, yeah, l- l- you want to see it? Yeah, let's, oh, yeah, let's watch a little bit. Okay. okay, here we go. Artificial intelligence is the magic of the moment, but this is a story about what's next, something incomprehensible. Tomorrow, IBM will announce an advance in an entirely new kind of computing one that may solve problems in minutes that would take today's supercomputers millions of years. Wow. That's the difference in quantum computing, a technology being developed at IBM, Google, and others. It's named for quantum physics, which describes the forces of the subatomic realm. The science is deep, and we can't scratch the surface, but we hope to explain enough so that you won't be blindsided by a breakthrough that could transform civilization. So, yeah, we're, he's, right, he's so saying right we're going to try and scratch the surface. Yeah. yeah, right. The only thing he's missing right there is he just needs to have a he just needs to have a token in his hand and just like in the middle of his like. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I would love to be in the writer room. I would love to be in the writer room where they're pitching this. Yeah. And, and he's like, he's I have like, no idea what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah, man. <laughs> he's just sitting there. They're like, we're going to – and this is him. He's like, hey, take a shot. He's like, he's like, you guys remember that show, Quantum Leap? <laughs> <laughs> and he's in the corner like, Cubit, like the little guy from Atari. <laughs> mm. Well, yeah, I could um, – my brain is already – like when I saw the beginning of that, I started thinking, all right, how is he going to do this? Because it is, it's really hard to explain, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm already, my head already hurts just hearing the opening. <laughs> we haven't even gotten to the, the story. 
Right. I feel like, like I could probably shut this off and be something. like, I'm already smarter than I was 30 <laughs> seconds ago, so I'm good. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 it's this guy sitting on a stool going like, I'm about to tell you something that you're not going to understand, but we're going to go through it anyway. <laughs> Quite frankly, I don't understand it, but here we go. <laughs> We're going to talk about something just to make everybody feel smarter when they go to work tomorrow and they want to share some knowledge with their coworkers. (laughs) Yes. We're going to give you a couple of bullet points just to throw a couple of words out, like qubit, quantum, Quantum. subatomic. Throw these words out at work around the water cooler. You don't need to know what they mean. They're like, I got the vocabulary down. Let's move on. Trust me, I do this here at the studio. (laughs) I just throw these words out and people think I'm smart. (laughs) Well, let's give it a go. What do you say? I mean, we're we're not going to, we have to worry about getting flagged or anything on this episode. I don't think so. This podcast. Podcasts are like Wild West. We're not going to get flagged on this. Here we go. We'll we'll, we'll pause it every once in a while here. The story will continue in a moment. Oh, wait a minute. We have ads? Oh, they actually have the ad in here. No. This podcast is brought to you by... Okay, sorry. I'm not playing the ads. No, talking I'm I'm looking... Everybody, look away. Look away from the screen. It is a talking thumb. We don't want to show the ad. We're we're not giving advertisers any uh, extra promotion on this show. Yes, we are anti-ads. I will let you know when the ads are done, and we can turn back to the screen and pay attention. There's one thing I remember in this piece that... um, that after li- after watching it and what I could uh, ascertain from it, I got really worried about pass- passwords. Really? Right. Oh, yeah, because yeah. they can do every combination of everything in like All a at second. once. Yeah. So it's how true. is any password safe? That's the thing. It's like, well, yeah, it's a great question. Uh, oh. I don't really have a good answer. Atomic forces that created these new... In- the quantum computer how big they are? pushes the limits of knowledge. Mm. New science... Alan. Puzzle. New yeah. engineering. All okay, guys, we've joked about this before on a different podcast. But Superman 3, oh. Richard Pryor. Yes. This was that is a quantum that computer. computer? Yeah. Was that, it was must that be because it's, it does everything all at once, and that's what they're saying this thing can do. do Pretty much remember, that's what quantum is. John, I'm going to address this to you, John, and not Kobol, because I, I doubt Kobol has either ever, either seen this movie yeah, or if he Plus, did, he probably Superman didn't remember. Three. Yeah, with Richard Pryor. Yeah, yeah. I've seen. I have the whole collection. I've seen all the original Superman. Wait a minute. So you you've watched the the <laughs> old awesome. Christopher Reeve uh, Superman? Yeah, movies. I've seen. I've seen all wow. of them. They're my dad's favorite. Yeah, yeah, my, yeah, yeah. Respect. There we go. Nice. Yeah. Good job. Um, <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. Okay, so in Superman three, yes, Richard Pryor is stereotypically playing a computer uh, hacker, like he always does in every movie he plays, <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, Yes, and, the old, uh, the old, that old trope. They just, they just parade him out one more time. We need somebody, wins Richard Pryor. We need somebody who knows how to operate computers and look really smart doing it. And, right. uh, even Richard Pryor, I think I read an interview. He's like, "Yeah, I have, I have no idea what I'm doing there." I'm just, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but yeah, they built that giant computer, or he did, or they built it from his plans, or something. I don't remember the plot. Yeah. Um, it was do in this gigantic that, cave. Yeah. Do you remember the computer turned that one woman into like a cyborg woman? I don't. 100% oh my god! Remember every scene. Can we look it up? Yeah, absolutely. Of course we can. Uh, <laughs> can you can you multitask? Can we watch this while you look something up? Oh my or, goodness! Or, um, that's gonna be tough. Yeah. Okay. So just remember, 
we're going to come back. We're going to we'll find we'll Richard Pryor. Yeah, yeah. Okay. 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 Right. We'll, we'll so come back. Then, so Cobalt, real quick before we play, doesn't this kind of remind you of that? Just the the size of yeah, it. It's alone? the size and the, just a little bit of the shape, even too. Yeah, because it's got mm. these layers to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, right, we'll, we'll bring it up for comparison in a minute. Pushes the limits of knowledge, new science, new engineering, all leading to this processor that computes with mm-hmm. the atomic forces that created the universe. I think okay. Wow. Okay. Wow. So how did you get those? <laughs> that already blew my mind. It's like it's like they, they got all the infinity stones together and they yes. put them in this computer. <laughs> it's like this right. is Thanos's computer. He's basically made. <laughs> right. Snap like and this is, is what, Thanos. So this is a a, a Spanish Thanos. Yeah. This is Tha- Thanos. <laughs> Dario Gill is something of a quantum crusader. Spanish born with a PhD in electrical engineering, Gill is head of research (laughs) at IBM. How much faster is this than, say, the world's best supercomputer today? We are now in a stage where we can do certain calculations with these systems that would take the biggest supercomputers in the world to be able to do some similar calculation. But the beauty of it is that we see that we're going to continue to expand that capability such that not even a million or a billion of those supercomputers connected together could do the calculations of these future machines. So... I think, was it just me or did he take a really long time to not really answer the question? I'm going to say he he didn't answer the question at all. He was just, oh, I forgot what the question was. The question was, how much faster than a fast supercomputer is this quantum computer? Yeah. And he never really said. He was was just like, uh, it's pretty fast. Yeah, it's it's fast. It's so fast that I've already fast-forwarded through that question and moved on to a separate question, which you haven't even asked yet, but I know you're going to. Hmm. That's what he's doing. We've come a long way. And the most exciting part is that we have a roadmap and a journey right now where that is going to continue to increase at a rate that is going to be shocking. I'm not sure the world is prepared for this change. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm prepared for this change. <laughs> he, he, he's out of questions already. He's just You're reacting right. now. Like, yep, I'm done. The first question, how fast is it? I'm, I'm out. Now. What do I do? What do I, do? I would love, <laughs> like, if this guy were smart ass, he's like, I am sure you are not sure about a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> I am confident that you are not sure about most things. You look like a dumb old man. But no, he is... Uh, You'll see his answer, which is kind of definitely scary. not. <laughs> to understand <laughs> the change, what, what, he, what was the it, So the question was: I don't I'm know not if sure we're ready. the world is prepared for this change. Definitely not. <laughs> Too great. <laughs> that's, that's not scary at all. No, <laughs> that's what I was well, like. Same okay. thing about whatever we talked about with the open AI, like the discovery that could threaten humanity. Well, that's not, that's now we my head is already bridging those two conversations together. Yes. And I'm thinking, okay, last yeah. week we talked about there's some big AI. Uh, discovery, some big advancement that's going to freak everybody out and put the world at jeopardy, whatever. And now I'm hearing about a computer that works what millions times faster than a standard computer. And we're and we're not ready for it. And we're not ready. And for we're it. not ready. <laughs> right. Uh, well, imagine putting right. any uh, large language model into a quantum computer. It can do anything. It's like it's like um, uh, Ultron from. Uh, 
uh, the Avengers. Remember that? Remember him? Yeah. All right, good. I had a punch card. Like, if we hit five Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe <laughs> references in this uh, podcast, we're up to two. So good job, Coble. You got us there at two already. Okay. Well, I had yeah. the same punch card. All right, let's continue this. Sure. Great. Stand the change. Go back to 1947 and the invention of a switch called a transistor. The transistor. A new name. Computers have processed information on transistors ever since, getting faster as more transistors were squeezed onto a chip. Billions of them today. But it takes that many, because each transistor holds information in only two states. It's either on or it's off, like Uh a coin, heads or tails. Quantum abandons transistors and encodes information on electrons that behave like this coin we created with animation. So he's saying it uses electrons? Yep. How do you use an electron for anything? I'm about to blow your mind right now. Oh, Jesus. When I was in New Mexico, I studied uh, material science and electron microscopy, and we used an electron (laughs) microscope Okay. And what we, it was just pretty much this. <laughs> well, he was, again, I was laughing because he, he was pointing at me like Isaiah a little bit. He was. <laughs> I saw yeah. someone laughing over there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so that was, guy definitely's got an electron microscope <laughs> when he has to go to the bathroom. Yeah. So it was this. It's this large microscope that's like twice as tall as you. And it's like six million dollars uh, just to move it six, six feet. It costs six million dollars to move it six feet. Oh my god! That's how expensive this thing is. So what you do is you put something in it, and then you literally blast it with electrons, and it it tells you any information you need to know. So that's like yeah. how do you you can use electrons for way too many things. Well, here's where um, my question is: like we use transistors. That's metal. That's things. That's wires that we're putting together. I, I imagine some old man soldering something to yeah, make yeah. a transistor. Now he's saying we, we don't have to use that. We use elect. How do you put information? I don't understand how we're using physically using electrons, but that's you know. Well, it's a good point because he literally does say you're storing information on on, on, a, on an electron. Right. Something How you do can't you do even that? see with your your eyes. <laughs> right. How is that possible? Yeah. So that's where that's that was my question. Um, How is that possible? But yeah. you know, he said in the beginning, you're not going to get it. <laughs> and he's right. Not, I wonder if he even explains it, or if he just moves on. Let's let's see. I feel like there should have, he should have been wearing tie dye for this like part of the show. I like how he like, also have like say, the psychedelic swirling going on behind him as he's talking. Like, you know. I appreciate that he specified that the coin that's flying in the air was made with animation and that it wasn't some quantum. Oh coin. yeah, that would have blown our see that would he knew people would be smoking weed watching this and it would freak him out. Of them, there holds information in only two states. It's either on or it's off, like a coin, heads or tails. Quantum abandons transistors and encodes information on electrons that behave like this coin we created with animation. Electrons behave <laughs> in a way so this that coin is not really and everything in between. <laughs> You've gone from handling one bit of information at a time on a transistor to exponentially more data. You can see that. Yeah. 
I still don't understand it. This guy can't even work an iPhone, probably, and he's telling us that. (laughs) I I don't know how it works, but I I guess they figured it out. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, I've seen this old guy in tons of uh, uh, things, and I, I like this guy. Do you want me to play this? Yeah, I mean, I'm. Do you, let's go ahead and finish this thing. Right, I like sure. I like asking as we go. Exponentially more data. You can see that there is fantastic amount of information stored when you can look at all possible angles, not just up or down. Physicist Michio Kaku of the City University. <laughs> this is my <laughs> contemplative pose. <laughs> I have he, to have my he glasses. He had a great deal of distress. Yes. Uh, I want I want to give him credit for props to uh, uh, your his work with glasses. Yeah, yes. like sometimes it's very it's precise good. handling of the glasses. I haven't so seen for, this move before, where it's it's like in between uh, two fingers as you yeah. have it on your chin. I've not seen it's that good. move. Yeah, for those who are just listening on audio and not watching uh, the video, uh, yeah, he's got these glasses. His glasses perfectly kind of draped. Between his forefinger and his middle finger. Yeah. And, but yet his fingers up to his chin and that whole thinking, contemplative view. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's pretty impressive. You know, for years He's, we've been scratching our chin, not using that space between those fingers as a holder. Right. It's a holder for something. You could use a pen. <laughs> mm-hmm. You could use a, a transistor. Tra- something. Yeah. <laughs> he uses his glasses and he pulled it off. And, yeah. uh, Hats off. I mean, glad actually, I really like this look. I kind of want to take a screenshot of this. and like, this is the look I need to go for in my life as I <laughs> go older. Yes. When people talk to me, this is the look I want to give them. <laughs> He's very concerned. He is very concerned. Yeah, all right. University of New York already calls today's computers classical. He uses a maze to oh, yeah. this is what you were quantum's saying, difference. The maze. Let's yes. look at a classical computer calculating how a mouse navigates a maze. It is painful. One by one, it has to map every single left turn, right turn, left turn, right Which turn. Which we can do really fast, it finds by the, the way. Goal. Right. Now, a it does it computer fast. scans all possible routes simultaneously. This is amazing. How many turns are there? Hundreds of possible turns, right? Quantum computers do it all at once. Kaku's book. Kaku. Okay, that actually that actually made the most sense to me of everything. Okay, there you go. I get it. I get it. Because you're right. Computer traditionally, it's it's following a path of yes or no's. Yeah, millions of times over, but it's still yeah. doing basically that idea. <clears throat> so that makes and, sense and to it's me. doing it. It's doing it fast. That's what computers do. They do those right. problems fast as hell. Now imagine that times a billion or a million or whatever. Uh, now what I'm like I said earlier, I'm concerned about passwords, and um, I'm hoping that this this is how we solve diseases, how we beat diseases, cures for these. You know, this is how we cure cancer. Yeah. If you put into the thing, all right, well, here's our problems. Here's what we don't know. Go. Hmm. Well, yeah, can it, it, then, then it, can, it can literally combine every single possible medication or everything we've already tried. It could run through all the simulations for us like that. Yeah. So why why we haven't we cured cancer? Why is IBM sitting on the cure for cancer? Yeah, IBM. Sue IBM. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Kaku. Titled Quantum Supremacy explains the stakes. We're looking at a race. A race between China, between IBM, 
Google, Microsoft, Honeywell, all the big boys are in this race to create a workable, operationally efficient quantum computer. Because the nation or company that does this will rule the world economy. Okay. Well, there you go. <coughs> wow. I like, he just kind of laid it out there, didn't he? I, was gonna, I like how he runs through the big players, you know, Google, IBM, China, uh, you know. Uh, right. And, yeah. and, and, uh, the mix. and it goes, Honeywell? I, I didn't uh, What is Honeywell? Right. Yeah, I remember. I Honeywell, uh, I have a thermostat in my house that's from Honeywell. She would be Actually? worried about Honeywell? Maybe. <laughs> They're like the uh, the quiet partner. They're not the one you think of. That's normally the ones that get you. Um, uh-huh. I thought that was an adult actress from the 80s films. You know, 1980s Honeywell. adult. Yeah, Honeywell. I mean, that. but if I'm Honeywell, it's like, okay, everybody's paying attention to Google. Everybody's paying attention to uh, maybe IBM. We're just going to fly China. under the radar, a little low profile, build our mm-hmm. quantum machine, quantum computer. And take over the world, like the guy just said. <laughs> but yeah. Kaku is on to you. Well, that's right. almost what, what OpenAI did. They were working on ChatGPT for like five years before it blew up. <laughs> yeah. Who was working on ChatGPT? OpenAI. They, they, they oh, had it. Right. Like, it was public and available oh, for like five years. They before, were doing like, it kind of under the radar. Yeah. And then it became public that they had been doing it. Yeah. I, I, wonder, I wonder what computer, what company is furthest along in building a quantum computer. China. Right. China. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> I just like how it's in there with all the companies. Right. You know, <laughs> yeah. typical tech right. players. Yeah. The biggest company in the world, China. Right. Yeah. China. But a reliable, general-purpose quantum computer is a tough climb yet. Maybe I'm... that's why this wall is in the lobby of Google's quantum <laughs> lab in California. He just wanted right, to get a video was... of that hot girl climbing the rock. He did. That was pretty weak. <laughs> <laughs> Like we, need more well rock wall. we need more B-roll. Let's yeah. get the shot of that. Have <laughs> been we, on the wall for a couple hours. Right. Well, you know, we're here. How do I weave well. this girl climbing a wall into my uh, story? Yeah, I'm going to use the word climbing. <laughs> right. Yep. And I see that you have a rock wall. <laughs> <laughs> I put two and two together. <laughs> kind of like quantum yeah. computing. Yeah. That really was kind of random. That was just dumb. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. uh, okay. Here, we got an inside look starting with a microscope's view of what replaces the transistor. This right here is one qubit, and this is another qubit. This is a five-qubit chain. Those crosses at the bottom are qubits, short for quantum bits. They hold the electron. bits. Qubits, got it. I don't know if you're saying cube, but it's the letter Q for quantum. Qubits. Quantum bits. Don't we use those in our ear holes? When you clean your ear out, don't you use qubits? Those are Q-tips. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're so close. So close. Q-tips. Good one. Good one, John. <laughs> Those like transistors, <laughs> each additional qubit doubles the computer's power. It's exponential. So while 20 transistors are 20 times more powerful than one, 20 qubits are a million times more powerful than one. Oh. So, yeah. That is how mathematics work. It's a numbers game. (laughs) Now we're getting it. 20 transistors, it's 20 times one transistor. 20 qubits, you take a qubit 
you add another qubit, the qubit exponentially doubles the power of the first qubit. Yep, yep. Then you add another qubit, it doubles the power of these new three qubits combined, and it just goes and goes. <laughs> and Kobol is like, Kobol's having wow. convulsions here. He's <laughs> definitely in, in agreement. <laughs> so, <laughs> why do you? What here's what gets me is, is I guess we're going to find out here. Why does it have to be so cold? Why do they have to keep it? Like, I think, it's an, I think it's an electron thing. I think it's. <laughs> The way they they move, so you have to hold keep it still. Was it? Yeah. Okay. This gets positioned right here on the fridge. Karina Chow, chief operating officer of Google's lab, showed us the processor that holds the qubits. Much of that above chills the qubits to what physicists call near Uh-oh. absolute zero. See, that's why I said near, near absolute, absolute zero. I, I understand is about no, 460 degrees oh, no, below zero Fahrenheit. Oh, so that's about as cold as any. Four hundred and sixty degrees below Fahrenheit. But no, that doesn't make sense. Four hundred sixty degrees below zero for Fahrenheit. Yeah, that's almost absolute zero, like they said. Yeah. Where did John so, go? Oh, there he is. That, yeah, he's back. He. Hi, John. Are you guys uh, still getting me? You're, I lost you're, you. Yeah. You're a little you're, laggy, but you're a little laggy. But we're whoop, he's sleeping again. He's connecting. Oh. John looks so peaceful. Yeah, especially when he's all like black and white like this. It's like I can't tell if it's he's dead. Like that's the, the visual representation of somebody being dead when you're like right. black and white. Oh, hi, Cobble. Hey. Where he's like black and white, mm-hmm. and uh, there he is. You back with us, John? Check one. Check one. Oh, good. Yeah. Are, are you still recording there? Uh, let me remote desktop. Hang on. Um, yeah, I, the dot is here. Fantastic. The red dot is going. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what happened, but okay, we cool. all uh, did. Did, did it happen on your end too? No, nope. it was just you. Just me. Oh, interesting. Yeah. You couldn't handle the quantum information. Yeah. No, no, I don't have enough right, well, that's, over here. I do want to hear about this temperature thing again. So here, yeah, okay. almost it's about four hundred and sixty degrees below Fahrenheit. zero Fahrenheit. Google's lab showed us the processor that holds the qubits. Much of that above chills the qubits to what physicists call near absolute zero near absolute oh, zero i understand is about 460 degrees below zero fahrenheit are we still here 460 oh my gosh how did it happen that? at the same exact time again oh my god we can still hear you john yeah we just can't see you i think he's gone now oh he's back right so gone? every time we get to that subatomic part <laughs> Or the so, very, you know the the fridge something yeah. blows your mind yeah <laughs> so so let me ask John do you do you know what happens at absolute zero I'm at I'm, I want to know if you know what happens at absolute zero yeah what happens like molecularly what happens everything stops moving that's right yeah and nothing yeah. everything's in a constant state of just nothingness yeah everything yeah all energy is moving atoms and particles moving around and at at that temperature, everything stops, right? Yep. yep. It freezes. That's why we call it freezing. <laughs> it absolutely freezes, you see. <laughs> right. No, but was that a quiz? Yeah, that was a, that was a quiz. <laughs> Good job. Okay. I didn't know that. Good job, yeah. Nolan. I don't, Alan, I don't think you I've knew ever, that. No, I really didn't. I don't think – I oh, honestly sorry. don't know a lot about <laughs> this stuff. This is still blowing my mind. Okay. So good. why is it called absolute zero if it's negative 460 degrees below zero? That's just at the temperature at which – Everything stops moving. So why they? I don't understand why you call it absolute zero though. 
if it's so far away yeah, from the absolute zero, zero cuz absolutely zero, zero of anything why, why is happening absolute like, why not zero. make absolute zero zero no, probably cuz they found out about yeah. absolute zero after I don't know zero what's happening guys <laughs> I'm maybe disconnect my computer or something cuz you have to imagine but yeah Kobe co- will help me understand so why I feel like I'm in spinal tap or something why not why not make absolute zero whatever that number is mm-hmm. zero so I then would, we would be right now temperature. I don't wise, know why we would be. it keeps doing that, guys. Yeah, it's okay. Kobo and I are just going to continue talking and uh, right. join us as you can. Ooh, okay, yes. do that again, Kobo. Try to touch him again. This is I'm, oh, 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 there we go. Oh, you grade him out. He's like a oh, oh. you guys are like uh, Jedi uh, Jedi's uh, dead Jedi's. I'm trying to shake ghost. your hand. Hold your hand like a shaking. Wow. <laughs> You're just staring at my hand. Yeah. <laughs> just sitting there staring. You don't see my hand? No, no I don't. Oh. Oh, wow. My hands went away. <laughs> oh, your no. hands are just under your table. Uh, All right. You guys keep talking. If I go away, I'll, I'll just keep popping in. As I, I don't know why that's happening, but I've got plenty of battery life left. Incredibly entertaining podcast material. Yeah. But it's yeah. good. Right. We'll keep going. Yeah. So, Cobalt, right. I don't understand. Yeah. So, like, right now, if it's, okay, if it's 50 degrees outside right now. Yep. 50 degrees Fahrenheit. Mm-hmm. But they're saying absolute zero is negative 460. Why not? Why couldn't absolute zero be true zero? And we would be at 510 degrees Fahrenheit right now. I think it's a question of more of like when things were invented. Because I think we start with either Celsius or Kelvin are the first okay. metrics. Right. And I think there is a unit of measurement out there where absolute zero is zero. But mm-hmm. for us, you know, Westerners... With Fahrenheit. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. It's all different. And then also it's a question of like we didn't discover absolute zero first, right? So oh. we, so we, we when we came up kinda like when we I guess when people our civilization came up with the calendar or whatever else. It's like, okay, no, this is the way we're gonna do it. Then we start to learn things later. It's like, oh wow, we were way off on that one. <laughs> right. We thing. have to amend it. <laughs> so <laughs> tell you what, guys, we're just gonna keep it zero. We're just going to have a new zero now. Absolute zero. Absolute zero. Then we come up with extreme zero down the road. I love how arbitrary uh, things are, though. Like, 32 (laughs) is freezing, right? 32 degrees is, like, freezing. Yeah. It's like, we just decided, 32, all right, freezing. Absolute zero, also what my guidance counselor called me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's just a dumb joke. Um do you was think that a Dr. you joke or a, uh, a chat GPT joke? <laughs> yeah. I couldn't tell. Uh, sadly, that was a me joke. Oh, okay. Um, sorry. Do you think Dr. Celsius ever looked over at Dr. Fahrenheit and said, it's cold in here, huh? And he goes, it's not that cold. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty yeah, good. That's Is that better? Okay, good. That's, that's good. good. That was a good one. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, are they going to come up with a whole nother zero down the road? Like. This is now extreme zero. Extreme. <laughs> Actual yeah. zero. Like absolute ignorance. Well, <laughs> what's the, uh, what's some of the words that like the soft drinks use to describe their drinks? They're like, you know, the most extreme versions of them. Um, well, you got Coke zero and you've got Pepsi zero. There's like, you know, diet. Like there's extreme zero. There's uh, absolute yeah. zero. There's um, 100. Yeah, right, right. Uh, absolute. No, yeah. absolute's the best one because that's what, what that was your idea for. Because I told you we should name this podcast "Actual mm-hmm. Ignorance." Yeah, AI. I went with absolute, and you said <coughs> I think absolute's better. Yeah, I did. <laughs> right. So, well, there'll be eventually be like 
uh, Dorito Loco Zero, like super like Baja Baja Blast Zero, um, <laughs> you know, like super right. low levels of zero, absolute Mountain Dew Zero negative, <laughs> right? So, Alan, I I was right actually. So here's the the, the so because Celsius scale was established before the discoveries of absolute zero. The Celsius scale shifted by two hundred seventy three degrees. Um, and then that's and then we have the Kelvin scale and oh, zero Kelvin. degrees zero degrees Kelvin is absolute zero. Oh, so here comes Kelvin. zero degrees Kelvin is absolute, absolute zero. zero. Yep. Okay, so it's based on the Kelvin scales where they got the zero. Yeah. Now they're just saying, okay, it just happens to translate to negative four hundred and sixty degrees in Fahrenheit. Fahrenheit. Yeah, and we're okay, using Fahrenheit makes... in sixty minutes because it's an American show, and anywhere right. else it would have been. Um, yes. I'm with you now. Yeah. I got it. There I got go. it. Okay. It's a metric system. So that's about as cold as anything can get. Yes, almost as cold as possible. That almost as cold as possible. We've never been able to reach absolute zero, and there's a reason. I can't remember why, but right now it's impossible to reach absolute zero. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Temperature inside a sealed computer is one of the coldest places in the universe. The deep freeze eliminates electrical resistance. <laughs> That's why I have my thermostat right now on one one above absolute. That's what I want my thermostat. In my <laughs> one degree Kelvin is what you're absolute plus one. <laughs> well, we John, we technically can't get to absolute. It doesn't yeah. exist. We 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 don't know how to do it. But we Google got, is con. Google's contacting John. Says, "Hey, John, can we?" Set up a lab in your house and uh, <laughs> yeah. to use for building our quantum right. computer. We know it's the second most coldest yeah. place in the universe. Your basement. Yes, exactly. <clears throat> they should contact me. I've, I've got plenty of room for these things. <laughs> nice big house. Negative. And isolates the qubits from outside vibrations so they can be controlled with an electromagnetic field. The qubits must vibrate in unison, but that's a tough trick called coherence. Once you achieve coherence, <laughs> I thought it was going to say a nasty word. Yeah, I did too. They got to vibrate in unison, unison, and that is a—he says uh, he's about to say a word. I thought it was going to be something like orgasm. <laughs> that's that technical the term. The female orgasm. <laughs> Millions of things and muscles and nerves all working simultaneously <laughs> to create that this takes experience. place in the G spot. <laughs> Doesn't exist. <laughs> okay. All, all right. right. Let's, let's, are let's, we uh, the qubits? Well, I got How easy is that to maintain? <laughs> oh no! I left again. Um, coherence is very challenging. Coherence is fleeting. In all similar machines, coherence breaks down constantly, creating errors. We're making about one error in every hundred or so steps. Ultimately, we think we're going to need about one error in every million or so steps. That would probably be identified as one of the biggest barriers. I'm honestly a little lost again. Like, I don't really know. So, where... Okay. So they're saying that they have all these things working in unison. That's coherence. Yes. And they're saying that coherence is hard to maintain. Mm -hmm. And they're saying that every time they're running it, they're getting an error, like one out of every 100 things. Mm -hmm. So right now, this quantum computer, if it started doing something, one out of every 100 times, it would be wrong. Yeah. It would make a mistake. Because um, they're not being one – of, one, of one of these qubits is not – 
being coherent. It's not coherent. It's not cohering with did, did, others. Did she explain why they can't keep coherence for a hundred times? It's probably not cold enough. That's what I was thinking. I'm going to be honest. Temperature inside a sealed computer is one of the coldest places in the universe. Maybe that's them... The deep freeze eliminates electrical resistance and isolates the qubits from outside vibrations so they can be controlled with an electromagnetic field. The qubits must vibrate in unison, but that's a tough trick called coherence. Once you've achieved coherence of the qubits, (laughs) how easy is that to maintain? It's really hard. Um, Coherence is very challenging. Coherence is fleeting. In all similar machines, coherence breaks down constantly, creating errors. We're making about one Doesn't really error say why. in every hundred or so steps. Right. Ultimately, we think we're going to need about one error in every million or so steps. That would probably be identified as one of the biggest barriers. Mitigating those errors okay, so and extending ideally, coherence time would have while scaling errors. up to larger yeah, machines. ideally. That's what they're shooting for. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. So basically, they're trying to get it to the same kind of error level I have in my life, which is one out of about a million. <laughs> right. Yeah. Give or take. Sometimes Give or take. a couple. Yeah. yeah. Right now, they're performing at everybody else's level, which is Capac- one out oh, of like a yeah. hundred right. times. Exactly. Right. Probably, right. Yeah. I don't uh, – if they're so smart, why can't they figure it out? <laughs> okay, Josh. Wait, okay, they're hey, storing. You they're just storing bought a dang in photons and electrons. You just you told go, me this is going to be this change civilization as we know it. And it's like, well, we break down a lot. <laughs> well, which is it, man? Well, this is what they thought about. This is what they thought about the automobile too in Henry Ford's day. Right. Like, this will revolutionize, but sometimes you got to change your tire. But it is, it is going <laughs> to have flat tires. And, oh, now when you explain it like that, that makes sense. And that yeah. little engine light's going to come on, and you're not going to know what it's for. <laughs> you're not going to know, know yeah. why. And then you're going to get it fixed, and it's still going to be on. Yeah. yeah. So why even do it? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so if they start selling quantum computers in the future, like, okay, guys, here's the deal. This is the insanely fast supercomputer that does everything all at once, all at one time. However... <laughs> Every yeah. once in a while, it's gonna it's gonna yeah. screw up royally. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I would like to know how bad the how bad it screws up. Because well, like, like, imagine you put an AI on it and the AI screws up. It's like ah oh, crap! I just launched two thermonuclear bombs right. that were like right. Russia. Yeah. I I meant to destroy a thermonuclear missile we had in our silo. <laughs> I meant I meant to open the calculator app. I launched it. I got yeah. out of coherence, and now I've launched thermonuclear war. My right. bad. Yeah, <laughs> it only happens one out of every hundred times. I tried to open Minecraft. That we end the world. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, yeah. All right. Well, this is crazy. Oh. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. are the challenges facing German-American scientist Hartmut oh, Nevin, here we go. who founded like Google's lab no, and its casual good. style in 2012. Can the problems that are in the way of quantum computing be solved? I should confess my subtitle here is Chief Optimist. <laughs> so <after> having- <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Okay, so that's him saying, like, I should tell you I'm actually an optimist. So I'm gonna, he's, he's saying I should change my 
my title at the bottom of the screen to Chief Optimus, yeah. not CEO, but Chief Executive yeah. Optimus. He's trying to be – that's a German trying to be funny right there. And it yeah. didn't well, come I'll tell across. you, I, uh, I think the way this guy came to the interview dressed <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> with the sunglasses on top of his bald head and the yeah. multi-layers of clothing yeah. and everything like that, yeah. I, think, uh, I think our interviewer guy is not, not happy with him. No, and he switched to purple glasses with a purple shirt. I don't know if you noticed that. Yeah, and he he's got a very consistent look going on in yeah. this whole interview. I mean, yeah, all yeah. the time. Yeah, he's he done away good. with the tie, which I think is cool. There's no more ties anymore. Casual, okay? right? It's it's open open uh, a button at the top of the shirt, right. you know, open collar thing. So mm-hmm. he's got that. But then this other guy walks in and is dressed like the dude from the Big Lebowski. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> he's got no idea what's going on. Yeah, look there. at that. Yeah, he's a bald is, Lebowski. Exactly. Uh-huh. What? What can uh, I? Who founded Google's that? lab and its casual style in casual 2012? Style. Can the problems okay. that are in the yeah, I had to mention that because of be it looks so weird. I should confess, my subtitle here is Chief Optimist. After <laughs> <So laughs> having said this, I would say at this point. We don't need any more fundamental breakthroughs. We need little improvements here and there. We have all the pieces together. We just need to it's integrate like we're going too well fast. to build larger and larger systems. And you think that all of this will be integrated into a system in what period of time? Yeah, we often say we want to do it by the end of the decade so that we can use this. Decade? Boat and get oh, it by the end of the decade. The end of oh, this decade? Shit. Yes, five or six years. Is that where he says yes. decade? That's about decade. He said decade. Decade. Yeah. So five or six years is what we're talking, I, right? I, I love, though, how he's, he, he's like, we don't need any more breakthroughs. Like, yeah, yeah, we're good. We're, we can stop here, guys. We're kind of <laughs> tapped out on breakthroughs. We're kind of <laughs> yeah. done with that. But now we have the Sam, Sam, Mr. Sam CEO guy saying that we have AI that's good enough to threaten humanity. I tell so you, I'm, 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 I don't think it's any coincidence that we're talking about these two stories back-to-back weeks. You think so? Okay. Right. Yeah. I I wonder if the the quantum guys are like talking to the AI guys like hey this is what we're doing. Yeah. You want to throw that uh chat GPT version 8 mm. that I know you've already been building and working on and throw it on one of our early uh quantum computers and let's just see what happens, you know. Let's go nuts. That's not, that's just as scary to think about. Whew. Oh well. <laughs> Judge just you're like He's, Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh right now. Just, oh, yeah. Oh, no. I okay. guess it can destroy us. So what I'm going to do while John is... Uh, I'm back. Getting, I don't know if you guys noticed that. Yeah. We can mostly hear you while you're gone, which is funny. Can you really? Yeah. Like, I oh. heard you whisper, damn it. Like, the other... Yeah. Time. It, uh, when I give... So when we put this together, together for the pod, I have to give you my Oculus back, right? to me mm. lost you again. <laughs> well I'm while we're waiting for john to come back why this is happening and i'm hoping that Here, you can oh, there it is. see what there i'm is. seeing when <laughs> when this thing breaks um, from time to so, time and here we are i don't know if it ha- what it has to do with he I've can't got hear us good wi-fi oh he can't hear us no when this happens he can't hear us so we can hear him we can hear him yeah i hope he says something really uh insulting about one of us Oh, that'd be very not me, humorous. Yeah, it would funny. definitely be me, you're right. Right. He said oh, something like I see hey, you've bud. moved on to Superman 3. All right. Yeah, we kind of... Your uh, hands don't work again. That's right. Yeah, shit. 
that freaked us out enough, John. I think. Why don't you guys? Uh, uh, do you want me to go ahead and pretend to do an ending in case you lose me? <laughs> <laughs> no, or, we'll keep keep plugging yeah, away. We're, we're good for a little bit longer. All right. Um, no, I just all the talk about the quantum computer. We saw what it looked like. It was just a smaller version of this. This yeah. is like the it's ultimate the version of Superman this 3. This is it. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. so John, try to explain this for people listening. Okay, so uh, Superman 3, Christopher Reeve, Superman. Um, the newest uh, threat to the world is computers. Yeah. And Richard Pryor is a computer um, uh, scientist, and he has created the most powerful computer in the world that could do anything. And this thing is gigantic. It is inside of like... What looks to be like a cave that could be yeah. underground. And there he goes. Mm-hmm. So tough. it's a cave. It's underground. It and, looks. Underground. And that's all I gotta say about that. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you cut off it. It's Were you able to hear any of that? You got cave yes. underground. We heard most of it. Oh, shit, yeah. man. Oh, what's going on? Keeps John? going in and out. This is why I'm. I'm thinking I might have to tap out until we figure out. And let you guys just end it. I'll be able well, to see what's okay. I have John needs to tap out. We can, we yeah, can close out the show. If you can hear me. We can hear the you, but he can't hear us. computer <laughs> that we just watched on 60 Minutes seems to be a smaller version. I just, well, while John's <laughs> tapped out, I just want to play this scene because it, it freaked me out as a kid. I don't know, Cobalt, if you've seen it now as a, you were probably older than I was when you saw it. Maybe. I'd say go ahead and, if you can hear me, go ahead and play it. Superman. Is leaving. Superman is scared of the big no. computer. Now the computer's starting to freak out a little bit, so they yeah. have to fix it. Got some sparks. This guy was like the bad guy. She gets out, but then the other girl, no, no, she doesn't get out. She gets sucked back in. Yes. Who's like, oh my god, what happened? This is like freaking. Yeah, she gets, yeah, she be, yeah. This? Ooh, yes. Yeah, even now that's kind of, it's kind of freaky. But it did change her hairstyle, which I thought was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> that was not her hair going into it. Now she's got like a Joan Jen hairstyle. <laughs> I don't know if that was planned. And. Point I love rock and roll. Put another dime in the computer, baby. So this is what that one out of a hundred times that quantum computer. This is what happens. This it turns happens. a Google employee into a cyborg. Every yeah, turns a Google employee into a cyborg who starts doing something with people. I don't even know what that race was just doing. Just showing numbers. Freezing Those numbers. are electrons. Subatomic particle okay. electrons that are very cold. I think yeah. we're done. All right. Uh, before uh, this thing cracks out on me again, I guess I should uh, say thanks for watching and listening to our podcast, everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, always a pleasure, Cobalt and the Alan Jackson. Uh, give us a comment. Are you afraid of quantum computers? <laughs> you should Believe, be. Yeah. Tell us why you're not. Do you like Qbert? Let us know if you liked the game Qbert. Um, and uh, Cobalt, am I going to give you this headset so you can see what, what happened in my it'll, it'll make its Oculus? Way to me. Yeah, it'll make its way to me one way or the yeah. other. Okay. All right. All right, guys. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna <sighs> wrap it up before I. Are you playing this game right now? I am playing Cubert right now. Yes, I am. Oh wow! Is there a way oh, we can hear no. it? Oh, you fell off. Uh, um, sound on. Hold on. Because I like the noise it makes. 
Here we go. The plopping sound when you jump. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Forgot he, he just talks in, like, symbols. Just jump on a disc and fly back up to the top of him. Yep. All right, everybody. That's it for this week's episode of AI Absolute Ignorance with me, John Ray, the Alan Jackson, and Krobel Hartman. Uh, hit the share button. Tell the world about us, and we will see you back here next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You demand John Reap. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.